We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Daymore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Friday night after Wolves Grizzlies in Memphis. The Wolves won on Wednesday night at home against the Knicks. So naturally tonight, uh, it was a blowout. That's pretty much been the pattern all year. The Wolves won their first two games of the season and have not been able to string together consecutive wins since. I think the most deflating part of that is that you know, the, the trend has been getting blown out the next game. And and tonight, tonight's game was more of the same. I mean, the Wolves were only down two at halftime. It was a good first half, but, I mean, by the, I think it was like seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter, they were down by 25 again. It was, it was another Wolves game this year that was not as close as the final score, which was Wolves 108, Grizzlies 120. I think obviously the trickiest part of assessing this team all year has been the injuries. I mean, the the complete absence of continuity has, you know, it's, it's totally clouded the big picture. But I think also on a smaller scale, this inability to kind of string together positive performances, I mean, even, even if they're not consecutive wins, just positive performances, I mean, it, it makes it really difficult to assess what the Wolves are building because it, it's almost always, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. I mean, we take we take snapshots from those good performances from individual players, you know, that are happening in different games, and we try to, like, cut them out and sort of collage them together into what we think that this team could look like eventually, right? Like, it's, it's all like when you were a kid and, and you had Sports Illustrated or ESPN or whatever, in your magazine, and you would cut out your five favorite players, the pictures of them, and then you would glue stick them 
onto a separate piece of paper and be like, this is what my favorite team looks like. And I think with the Wolves, we do that. We're like, okay, let's get a picture of downhill Ant and we'll glue him next to Brooklyn D'Angelo Russell and there's our backcourt. And then we'll take a picture of Cat taking a step back three and we'll put Jane McDaniels spotted up in the corner. And then, you know, what else do we need? Let's get some defense. Where's that? Like, get that picture of a Kogi blocking Harden and then boom, there, yeah, there's our team. The best parts of all these individual pieces theoretically come together to look like what we want it to look like. And I mean, I'm a hundred percent guilty of doing that myself. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't blame me. I don't blame you. It's kind of all we can do with this team. And I definitely, I definitely had the plan of doing that <laughs> again on tonight's pod. I mean, Nasri had a really nice game and you know, I wanted to kind of take the scissors out and you know, cut that out and glue it onto the picture. Um, you could tell from my questions to Kat that I was definitely aiming for a Nas Reed topic. But then when Kat started talking, um, you know, he his answer answers sort of just reminded me that this whole copy and paste thing that I'm doing, that we're doing, it's kind of been Kat's entire existence of his career. You know, he's constantly been cut out and pasted around misfit toys, right? You know, so much that we don't even, even six years into his career, I don't think we even know what his picture looks exactly like. And and tonight, I don't know, with that, I wanted to kind of move through Carl's answers and you can hear in my questions how my how my thought process sort of sort of changes with this. And I think I think Kat's answer was good as as it steered, you know, back the main, his media session, he steered it back to the main point being the main point, which is him, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that as long as Carl is a Timberwolf, like he is the toy. He is what, he's the main picture that you're building on. So, so first I'll play my, my Nas question to Kat. And then, I don't know, just kind of play along with me and we'll, we'll get through Kat's answers and his thought process. Carl, what do you think um, the future role of Nas Reed is on this team? I, I, I honestly see him getting some starter minutes sooner, you know, soon. Um, and that's my idea. I mean, we'll see how, you know, life and everything goes. But uh, I've watched him since he was young. You know, we both played on the same AAU team. I remember I was on the older squad, and I used to see Nas on the sidelines and go watch him play too, you know, uh, He's just evolving as a player, and uh, I just see him, you know, getting a starting role or just getting big minutes. And I think tonight he played 22 minutes. You know, uh, he he keeps playing the way he's playing, and keeps playing like I tell him if he does his role and just accepts his role and enjoys his role and tries to be the best at his role, he's gonna find those minutes going up and up and up. So, um, Nas a special player. Um, he's a special player, and I think that you know. If teams give us a chance to play four and five, I mean, we're definitely going to take it. You know, we got two, uh, I think, very versatile bigs who could, you know, stretch the floor and also give Ant some space. And then you got Jaden, who's out there also. And D'Lo's coming back and Malik's there. And, um, I mean, you go down the list, I think that, you know, his his ability, Nas's ability as a whole package offensively, um, it, it, it 
it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities for these guys to get easier shots. And, you know, like Brent said, you know, hockey assists and stuff like that is not about getting the stat. It's about helping everyone else, you know, helping everyone else get their stats and also winning the game, most importantly. I mean, Cat right there, he's kind of putting the collage together, right? You know, maybe he and Nas in the front court some, some space for Ant, Jaden on the wing, D'Lo and Malik coming back, you know, he's got the glue stick out, which is great. I mean, again, I talk about that all the time, and, you know, there you go, Cat. <laughs> Contributing to my propaganda of what this team can and should look like. But then when I, you know, when he kind of pivoted it was when I started, I don't know, referencing other misfit toys of previous seasons and, you know, you know, making this Timberwolves movie. And Carl sort of stopped my character development to bring it back to him and just kind of point out that he is now 26 years old and forced to be the glue. You know, he's the picture isn't just built around him, but he's kind of bringing all the pieces together, which, which is the reality of the Timberwolves situation. I, I guess what, what I thought of was, was Gorgie and, and how in, in ways, you know, it, it almost felt like because you're playing 35 minutes a game, he was kind of trapped right into that, like 13 to 15 minute a game role. What, I mean, that, that happened with Taj too. What, what is, what do you think about that? When you go, this guy behind me kind of looks like he would, could be helping if he was out, out here too like I, I guess how does that go through in your head yeah I see as a, as a fan you of course you see the size and you see you know they had Tillman and Brandon Clark out there they had Valanchunas Brandon Clark they had Valanchunas Kyle Anderson you know they got big you know big big uh players out there you know tall defender tall opponents and um you know there's always an opportunity to play that four and five I think that this game and next game gives us a chance to play a lot of four or five you know me Nas on the floor at the same time. Um, but, you know, I, I I think at the end of the day, you know, and being transparent, there ain't a Todd Gibson on the court. So back to Britt's point is, you know, someone got to do the job and, you know, that's, that's what my job is. I got to go, I got to do more. And if that requires me to be myself with a little bit of Todd Gibson out there too, and just, you know, make those tough plays and, do the dirty work, then I mean, I'm going to have to do that for us to have a chance to win. Okay, so now the cutting in the middle of Kat's answer there. I mean, I'm now in my head totally off my whole Nas thing because, you know, we're sitting here listening to the team's most talented player say he has to be this team's Taj Gibson. And, I mean, if that's true, you know, you just – we're not building the right thing here. I mean, I'm, I'm all for Carl working hard and doing the small things. I mean, that's important to his development, but – at some point, telling yourself you have to play that way, if you're, I mean, that comes at a cost, right? There's an opportunity cost to having Cat be your glue guy. And the cost is that it, it cuts into Cat's ability to be special. What Cat does special is not dirty work. And on a team that is, you know, more of a theoretical collage than a real competitive team, when you do that, Carl's being limited. And... I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on this answer because the next, the next part of Cat's answer is just it's objectively great. You know, he says the quote unquote right thing about not chasing his stats anymore. That again, you know, theoretically sounds like the right thing, but part of me thinks it doesn't the the best version of the Timberwolves kind of require Cat getting video game numbers and 
in ways chasing stats. I mean, yes, he has to be some of the glue too, but I don't know. I think when he's kind of forced to be both, I don't know if that's possible. I'm not trying to take away from what Cat is saying here. Again, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's what probably a lot of us would do, you know, faced in this situation. I just wonder if this infrastructure that he has been raised in and on this roster that he's currently on, if he is requiring himself to play this way and that it's limiting his ceiling. I don't know. Here's the rest of Kat's answer, which I appreciated because it was real and it was honest. I'm not, I've had the time to mess up and, and I guess you could say chase stats, I guess you could say, and whatever the case may be, that shit, that shit's over. You know, I proved myself in this league. I truly believe that. I don't, I don't have to prove myself anymore, but now what I got to prove is can I win? You know, I think that's the next step. And, you know, I got to do whatever it takes. I ain't here to go, you know, it's great. I look at the stat sheet. Well, it's wonderful, 30-16, but we lost. I don't give a shit that. At the end of the day, the, the word on me is still going to be the word. There's only one way to change a narrative, and that's to go beat the narrative. And I got to, you know, I got to do whatever I can every single day to take a step forward and, you know, changing this direction we in with losing all these games and stuff, you know, it, you know, it, it affects me every night when I go home, I, I drive a car, I eat food. It, it, it don't, all this shit don't work the same. You know, when you're younger and you're like, well, but my friends say I did cool and I did this, I did that. It's, that's all. Oh, it's great. That sounds great. I'm older now. I don't got, I don't, I've been blessed. I, 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 I found success in this league. I, I got my money. That's cool. My family's taken care of. But now what can I do to build on my legacy? What can I do? The, the, the legacy is not about stats anymore. I've proven myself. Now it's more about can I get us to win? And that's a long way to answer, but that's just how I feel every single day. I mean, I, I tell it to Ed all the time. I, it's, it's, it's cool. It's great. Everyone, your homies and shit who don't really know basketball and stuff, they think, you know, you see you got stats and stuff. That's great. That's wonderful. But when you don't got no wins to show for it, I mean, you, you having an empty trip back home. There's a lot in that answer there, right? And I'm not saying, you know, Carl individually doesn't need to do more himself. He does. You know, part of the losing is on him. He knows that for sure. But I go back to this idea of rosters that have always been full of misfit toys around him. And I wonder if Cat hasn't started shaping himself in a way that fits those toys. And at some point, I, I think this isn't on Cat, you know? It's, it's about putting a team of real pieces around him so he can, you know, that can fit around him, that he doesn't have to shape himself to. I think... I think if Cat is changing his shape, I think that's the front office holding him back. I, I, I guess part of me wonders how much Cat is being held back by holding himself back, you know, to do less of some of the things he's best at. If Carl is, in fact, a star that makes sense to build around and he is ready to win... And your plan is to build around him and as the most important piece of the franchise, as they always say, then I just wonder how much more time you can spend asking him to be something less than the best version of himself. I mean, how much more time can you go with surrounding him by misfit toys? I think that's the real question. We're going to take a quick break here and then hit on 
what a few of those toys look like tonight and what they what they might look like big picture because ultimately one way or the other you do need to build a team around cat What's up, everybody? Pause in the pod to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Podcasts. If you're looking to start a show, I can tell you from my experience that there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level, to get it out there. If you don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discourse, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get this all for just $15 a month. That is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to me talk about the Wolves, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com. Dot com slash All right, now let's get back to my Nas Reed points. <laughs> no, the, the reason I wanted to talk about Nas Reed tonight, and actually not just Nas Reed, but also Jordan McLaughlin, I was thinking about this, where because, because McLaughlin started tonight, if you didn't watch the game, Ricky Rubio was injured, and then you know Nas ended up playing well, and he played a lot. He was fifth on the team in minutes. So, I mean... They were playing too big of roles. They were playing the roles where they become misfit toys, right? They're, they're more than you want to ask them to be. You know, McLaughlin, we know, isn't a starting caliber point guard. And Nas, at least at this point in his career, is at most just a bench big. But what I wanted to think about with those two is, is how important their smaller role, like, needs could be like that is important it, it makes sense to have them in this picture and the big the biggest reason is money because i mean the wolves are right now this season this roster they're like two and a half million bucks away from the luxury tax line and the only players on the entire roster that are in expiring contracts are ed davis who makes five million and jared vanderbilt who makes like a sliver above the minimum at 1.7 million is it so they're not they're not getting away from that luxury tax wall at all next year. I mean, if the Wolves and if their dream scenario happens where they keep this this top three pick, well, now you've added on another ten million bucks in a top pick rookie, and boom, you're in the tax. Which, again, just paints this picture that your core, this with this core, there is no more money, no money to add anything, no big names, no role players, no backups. This core group is the core of the future, or you trade someone from this core group for someone that makes the same amount of money. Either way, it's the same financial situation. Which means that it's critical to have some of the current pieces on this roster right now be real rotation pieces on the next Good Wolves team. Which again brings me back to Nas Reed and Jordan McLaughlin. You know, if Nas could be a legitimate backup center, and let's just just play this out. If Nas could be a legitimate backup center and J-Mac could be a legitimate backup point guard, that's huge. Because D'Angelo Russell is set to make $30 million next season and Cat is set to make $32 million next season. That's a lot, but if you could capably fill all of those guys' backup minutes with players on minimum contracts, then you have two positions that are 
completely taken care of for under $35 million per position. That's not bad. Nas is already on a minimum contract, so you, you, know, you tack that on to Cat, boom, you're under 35. McLaughlin's actually on a two-way right now, which, you know, I think that means he'll probably be on close to a minimum on his next deal. If, if in theory, you can have McLaughlin and feel good about him as your backup, again, theoretically, now you're good. You're you're under 35 million net point guard with him and Russell. It's it's becomes the sum of the parts, the sum of the salaries. Now, obviously, the questionable part is, is Nasri good enough to be, you know, a, a contributing big backup on a good team? I think that one makes a little bit more sense. I think he's flashed more. I think we're at the point of thinking Nas Reed is a legit backup center. J-Mac, that's, that's more up in the air. He feels more like a third point guard, right? So maybe it's maybe it's Jalen Noel instead. Noel is also on a minimum deal for two years beyond this one. It's basically the same contract as Nas Reed. So if you slot him in as D-Lo's backup, now you have the same, you have that same financial benefit. I mean, it'd be extra ideal if you could keep J-Mac as the backup one and then Noel as Beasley's backup. Now you've made that position overall cheaper. If three real rotation roles could be capably filled with minimum contracts, that's a coup for this team. And my my point here, and I, I'm sure some of you are thinking, oh, no, McLaughlin, there's, you know, there's no way, or Nas isn't good enough at defense. But my point isn't about arguing whether or not Nas, J-Mac, or Noel can capably fill those roles. It's more about recognizing that those roles almost need to be filled at that cost or some cost close to it. I mean, we talk all the time about needing to make this core four of Cat, D'Lo, Ant, and Beasley work or needing to repurpose them again into another core four that maybe fits better together with a trade. But either way, both of those paths, this core four or tweaking the core four, Either path requires cheap, functional backups. It just does. I mean, yes, Rubio, Rubio's $18 million comes off the books after next season, and so does Wancho's $7 million, and even Culver's $8 million comes off. So 18 7 and 8 that's $33 million coming off the books in a whole other year from now. That sounds great, but you're not just getting $33 million in cap space there. I mean, what, those, those three roster spots are going to need to be filled. So that cuts into the $33 million. But two, I mean, Cat, D'Lo, Beasley, and Ant, well, their salaries are all going to increase by then. By the year that Rubio, Wancho, and Culver are all off the books, I mean, Cat will be making $4.5 million more than he is right now. D'Lo will be making three more than he is right now. Beasley will be making two more than he is right now. And even Ant will be making a million more than he is now. Their contracts all escalate. And yes, like the the cap is going to go up some, but not at that same rate. So you're still at this wall. I mean, even once those fall off, you're not at a place where you have financial flexibility. You certainly don't have cap space still. And not even where I mean, it'd be great to get this pick in this draft too, but simply from a financial standpoint, you get Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, whatever. That's another $10 million a year. That's into the mix. And because of that, it's just... It just becomes pretty critical that guys like Nas, J-Mac, and Noel become toys that fit. They got to fit or Rosas has to go out and find other guys that make close to the minimum that can be in effective in those roles. And I know, you know, we go, you know, they're just backups. They're just that. Well, 
that core four is just four guys. I mean, even in the playoffs, you still got to play eight. Like, those, those minutes matter. So, I mean, Rosas has to make these guys work or he has to go get other ones. And, I mean, I know we can say, well, Rosas is good at that. He, he did it with Nas and Noel. They seem good. He can, you know, he can probably do that again. Well, I would say it's easier said than done because, you know, we could, we could point to other things that haven't worked out. You know, Jordan Bell. That was a cheap misfit toy. That didn't work. Noah Vonley, Trevion Graham, Shabazz Napier, Jake Lehman. I mean, that's just these two years. And I'm not even saying that's a bad hit rate for Rosas. That still might be a good hit rate. What I'm saying is that this team has been built in a way that the roster craves, requires hits on guys like that. And that's, again, that's easier said than done. I think as we, you know, we take in this, you know, Cat's answer tonight and just this overall slog that has been, you know, years now of surrounding Cat with Misfit Toys, you have to take something from that. There has to be value that comes out of it and it has to be part of it is kind of cultivating these diamonds in the rough like Nas and Noel because to make this team work, players have to be found that can play on small salaries and real roles. I mean, if you have been holding Cat back, it's pretty important to be able to point to a positive externality that came out of all of this. So I guess the, you know, the back to my cutting pictures out of the magazine and gluing them together into a collage thing. I mean, that is a way. I mean, we do kind of have to look at the team like this. I mean, again, there's been all the injuries and stuff like that. And part of that is team building. You know, it's it's envisioning on your board what this all looks like together. But I would say, like, to Kat's point, you know, or what Kat was talking about, we got to focus more on gluing together the little things on the margins. I mean, the main thing, the main thing still has to be the main thing, and that's Cat and this core. You know, that's where the long-term big money commitments have already been made, and you got to make that work. And then on, you know, then do your art project on the side. But both of those things need to be checked off, otherwise this team's not just it's just not going anywhere. That's all I got tonight. It's a back-to-back Wolves Sixers on Saturday night. Um, Britt Robson is actually going to join me after that one. Um, we're going to record. We're going to kind of, I guess, fuse um, one of the gamer pods with a longer Brit combo. So that will be in your feed on Sunday morning. Hopefully it's, I know it's going to be a tough one against Philly. Apparently Embiid's you know, coming back for that one. But um, you know, it's the schedule rolls on and, uh, and Britt and I will be there to, you know, to chop up whatever happens in that one and just kind of what's sort of transpired over this this past week since Britt was last, you know, last on. So until then, Sunday morning, I'll be back. Um, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.